0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound
1: the battle cry.
0: Two men, 15 minutes, <laughs> eternal I impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. I want to keep morning. talking about Galatians chapter 1. How about you? Yeah, I've got it right here. Galatians chapter one's open. You want to go ahead and read verses 1 through 9
1: like we did yesterday and let's just jump in today? That sounds good. From the New King James, Galatians 1, verses 1 through 9, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what
0: you have received, let him be accursed. Back up, I just want to remember the theme, and I, I really want to remember to say this again and again and again so that we can remember as we're looking at Galatians, Paul's main point, God has only one rescuing gospel, and those who distort it are cursed. Right,
1: And here's the echo that uh, we made the connections yesterday in Acts 13, particularly Paul's sermon in Antioch-Pisidia. All of these elements, all of these
0: facts of the gospel were preached, like on day one. They already knew these things. He he comes back writing this letter and says, that stuff that I preached to you when I was there, that's what I'm still preaching. That's Mm -hmm. the gospel. If anybody else teaches anything else, even if I teach something else, that's, that's accursed. That's... That That's is a curse. curse. Now, what we see
1: in this reading, verse 6, Paul seems to be surprised. Uh, he says that, I marvel. You are turning away so soon. They are leaving this
0: gospel, and evidently they are leaving it quite quickly. I think that – I'm glad you brought that up, because I think there's something there that um, I missed for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I do believe that Paul is trying to establish a, a picture of, Mm-hmm. As he's coming to the Galatians, remember what's happening with the Galatians, is, as you already pointed out yesterday when we were talking about the Judaizing teachers, that here in the main are Gentile Christians mm-hmm. that accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and now Judaizing teachers have come in and they're they're telling them, well, look, in order to really be disciples of Jesus, in order to really be Christians, in order to be rescued, justified, saved... You have to be, I think your word is Torah observant. Torah observant. Keep the law. You have to mm-hmm. keep the law.
1: Of so he, Moses. Of Moses. Yeah. yeah.
0: So here, here are Gentile Christians that are becoming enamored with the law mm-hmm. of Moses. I believe what Paul is doing is basically saying to them, I'm going I'm to lay this out here and then make my case, and you can let me know if you agree with this or not, or if it makes any sense. I think what Paul is doing is essentially saying, all right, look, you you Gentiles who are now becoming enamored with Moses' law, the mm-hmm. law that was given at Sinai, you guys are now making the exact same mistake as the Jews did at Sinai. Hmm. I believe he is bringing this picture that is saying, you who want to be enamored with the law are missing one of the very first lessons that we should learn from Moses the law from the law at when the law was given mm-hmm. on mount sinai so so okay let me and so here's my that's that's my claim here's yeah. here's me making the case you ready
1: well i mean yeah i'm still waiting for what was the problem at sinai have you <laughs> yeah. said
0: that part no 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 no. i'm about to oh okay that's, that's right I, well that, now i'm I gonna mean,
1: get to the edge of my seat here <laughs> get to the edge of your seat here here,
0: here. okay now i'm prepared okay <laughs> if you look in exodus chapter 3 verses 7 through 8 now, this is not yet at Mount Sinai, but this is setting the stage. In Exodus 3, verses 7 through 8, when God—well, actually, this is at Sinai, but not when Israel was at Sinai. guess i got to be clear about this. Then the Lord said, talking to Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad— Land That word for deliver, mm-hmm. it's it's used quite a bit. The Greek word in the Septuagint is used like 120 times in the Old Testament, but it's actually not a very common word in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. In the New Testament, it's only used about eight times. One of those eight times is actually in Acts chapter 7 and verse 34 when Stephen is quoting this, okay. this very passage. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. One of the other times is here in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Where Paul writes about Jesus, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. So there's this this stage-setting picture that just as God was sending Moses to deliver Israel, Mm -hmm. he sent Jesus to deliver these Christians. Deliver us. So we've got a picture of the deliverer is coming in. Now, the connection becomes stronger when we get to Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6 because he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Listen to this in Exodus chapter 32. There's actually two passages in the Old Testament I want us to recognize here. In Exodus 32, this is God talking to Moses about what was happening at the base of Mount Sinai. Let me set the stage. In Exodus 20, God has given the Ten Commandments. Right. The people heard those Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. They got freaked out by hearing the voice of the Lord. Right. So they told Moses, you know what? We, we can't handle hearing that anymore. You, you be the yeah. go-between. You be the one. Let God talk to you, and you bring it to us. Mm-hmm. So God continued to give law, and in Exodus 24 and verse 7, the children of Israel said, you know what? Whatever we are going to do, whatever he has said, by the way... Last week, we ended with Matthew 28. You remember the Great Commission?
1: Yeah, I remember. All authority is in Christ. Yeah,
0: and how do you make disciples? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. Yeah, so there's that that repeat. Just like the Israelites said, whatever God's commanded, we're going to do. Yeah. That's what we're doing as Christians. And so in Exodus 24-7, the Israelites made that commitment. Moses goes up on the mountain, is mm-hmm, receiving the law. Mm-hmm, He's gone mm-hmm. for a while, and the folks start to get... I don't know, concern. Moses is dead. Yeah. I, we don't even know what to do. And so they make a golden calf. Right. They make a golden calf, and they start to worship it. And in Exodus chapter 32 and verse 8, here is what God says. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshiped it and sacrificed to it and said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And that does sound a lot like Paul's
1: concern in Galatians 1 and verse 6. I marvel that you are turning away so soon yeah. from him who called you in the grace of Christ.
0: If that's not enough, that actually yeah. gets repeated again in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 16 when Moses is re giving the law. He recounts what happened. And here's what he says And I looked, and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God. You had made for yourselves a golden calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way that the Lord had commanded you. Mm -hmm. So at Sinai, the big deal was, it's not just that you turned away, but look at how quickly you turned away. I mean, we're talking a month, Mm -hmm. not even a month and a half, and you guys have turned away from what you just committed yourselves to. From God the Deliverer. In Galatians chapter one, what Mm -hmm. I'm contending is Paul is bringing that to mind. Just as the Jews at Sinai had abandoned God and turned away from him quickly, these Gentile Christians were abandoning God and turning away from him quickly. It Paul's marveling, not just because you're turning away, but look at how quickly you did this. You know, it is something, and I've heard this statement, maybe you have too,
1: that the church is always one generation away from apostasy. And the idea that if we're not instilling the faith in those coming along after us, it just doesn't take long for people to forget the faith, lose the faith, lose their way. Doctrine becomes corrupt, you know, like within a generation. And that kind of gets rooted maybe in the idea of between Joshua and Judges and all such as that. But what's intriguing about this echo uh, is that, you know, within a month's time, within a few months' time, people can cast aside and lose the gospel uh, or, you know,
0: the truth of God for for another way, another religion. Yeah, th- think about that. Our declaration that we're always just one generation away from apostasy is, apostasy is a pretty arrogant statement. Yeah. Because what we actually see in the Bible is we're all about a month away. <laughs> we're, we're all about a month away. It month really away. doesn't take long. It really doesn't take long. Yeah. That's why we've got to remember there is one rescuing gospel, and those who distort it are cursed. So let me think this through with you. What was going on with Sinai and Moses
1: is that those folks set aside the Lord Yahweh, their deliverer, for an idol. They went back to this religion that they had known before and were practicing idolatry. But now, we said yesterday, and maybe even earlier in this talk, that the
0: Galatians were Gentiles. They had come out of idolatry. Yeah. So what we have here is almost this picture of reversal It's like you're doing the same thing uh, by, but look, it's like the opposite. So what, mm-hmm. what happened at Sinai, and let me add this in. You know, the Israelites themselves didn't think they were abandoning Yahweh. Yeah, that's a good point. Because what Aaron says is this calf, this calf, that is, this is Yahweh. This is Yahweh. This represents Yahweh. So they, they didn't think they were abandoning Yahweh, but no. what they were doing is they were bringing in the Egyptian Gentile baggage mm-hmm. to the worship that God had commanded. At the Likewise, same time, yeah. these Galatians, they don't believe they're abandoning the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But what they are doing is bringing in the Judaizing baggage, mm-hmm. and they're twisting and distorting, and they're overlaying something else on top of it. So what we have is like this, this reversal on Sinai. Jews, having committed themselves to follow the Lord, have brought in Gentile baggage. Mm -hmm. At Galatia, Gentiles in the main who have committed themselves to serve Jesus Christ, the Lord, have brought in Jewish baggage, Mm -hmm. Judaizing baggage. But but his claim, and I think this is why this is important. You know what? Those Israelites did not think they were abandoning Yahweh, but I'm telling you, essentially, they were going after gods that were no gods at all. Correct. You... Galatians. Don't believe you're abandoning the gospel, but I'm telling you, you are going after a gospel that is no gospel at all. Well, I think
1: about Moses' response when he's coming down the mountain and he sees all of this idolatry going on. You know, he's, he's enraged, he's heartbroken, he's a furious, right? Uh, and this must be corrected right away. And I, I think about the Apostle Paul and what's going on in his heart as he is moved by the Holy Spirit to write this letter
0: yes yeah he's upset he's, he's marveling upset. That's exactly right. and he is upset he wants to bring this under control let me take this one step further further before we wrap up this this sinai sin actually plagues israel for the rest of their history yeah, it does because when jeroboam becomes king of the northern tribes mm-hmm. what he does is he picks up the sinai sin and 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 commits the Northern kingdom to it by making golden calves at Bethel and Dan. He institutionalizes Mm -hmm. this initial sin. I guess what I want to say is let's not be surprised when in the kingdom of Christ today, there's a portion of, and I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see it, but Christendom. I see it. He is folks. He is the, the portion of Christendom that institutionalizes the distortion of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that means we're going to find churches today that Mm -hmm. distort the gospel. And we just need to remember Mm-hmm. that there's only one rescuing gospel and if you distort it you're accursed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so let's not distort it let's get into the word let's follow it amen well
1: we appreciate so much you join us on text talk today we would love to uh, get feedback from you love to hear from our listeners send us an email text talk at christiansmeethere.org or uh, jump over to the discussion
0: group on facebook that's always a lot of fun uh, edwin would you lead us in a word of prayer holy god thank you for your one rescuing gospel. And our prayer is that you will help us know it, understand it, live it. May we never distort it. And if we, if we here on Text Talk, if Andrew and I, if as we preach, we are distorting the gospel, correct us. Bring us to your gospel. If we are proclaiming your true gospel, as I think we are, strengthen us, encourage us, and help us get that message out to others so that they won't be cursed, but that we can be saved Lord God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his death. Thank you for his resurrection. He is Lord. We give ourselves and we bow our knees before him in allegiance. Lord God, thank you so much for that. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at ChristiansMeetHere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day.
1: Steady,
0: pass the word along.